0: Hey, this is Pastor Bob Steven, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. All right, all right, man. again, welcome. We're so glad that uh, so many of you are here. Uh, today. I know we have a lot of guests and visitors. you're welcome. Uh, thank you for for being here and supporting these beautiful kids and their parents. Well, football season, I guess is here now, for some of us, that's a yes. For other people, it's maybe a oh no <laughs> right. But you know what? I hope there's one thing we can agree on for sure. And that is that all of us can't wait for that first cold front to get here. Can I get an amen on that? Come on, cold front. Let's go. Matter of fact, some of us got a little rain last night. And I've heard talk that there's this kind of mini cold front coming this week. But here's the thing. Let's all go home today. Let's pull out our sweaters, our jackets, and just pray over them. Right? All right, Lord, come on. That's the way it works, right? If we just believe enough, God will bring it, right? Wow. No, I I can't wait to get out of these hundred degree days, and I'm sure uh, you can as well. As we get going, let me just pray for us right now. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. Father, we come to worship you, and we come, Father, to be washed in your word. Father, today will you just flood into our hearts and our minds? through the power of your word. Father, I surrender my vocal cords. I surrender my mind, my will, my emotions, all to you. May you have your way in this place today. And may we leave different than when we came in. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Woo. Y'all look good. That don't work, does it? Has anyone ever experienced identity theft? Or maybe you know somebody that has? Do a little research. Based on current statistics, one in three of us, it says, are going to be victims of identity theft at some point in our lifetime, either through FISing, skimming, data breaches. Matter of fact, in the last 30 days, the last 30 days, I've gotten three different letters from companies that say my identity has been compromised in some way or fashion. Three in 30 days. It seems that maybe we are in the middle of an identity theft crisis. And maybe we are. But you know what? There's a much more serious thing going on with our identity. Many people in this world are actually experiencing an identity crisis. Many people are experiencing an identity crisis. And the identity crisis, my friends, is so much more damaging than just having your name or your bank account compromised. Because as painful as that might be, you can probably get over identity theft. But the identity crisis that we're facing affects so much more than that. And I'm going to guess it affects a lot more than one in three people. At its core, this crisis that we're facing is affecting our very soul. It's causing people to make decisions based on worldly trends and emotions instead of basing those decisions on real truth. It's causing confusion. It's causing division in so many parts of our society, both in and out of the church. The identity crisis, I would say, in many ways has reached epidemic proportions in many parts of our world. And it's raking havoc on individuals and on families. The central issue, the core issue of this crisis is this. Who am I and what am I here for? That is the core of the issue. Who am I and why am I here you see, that question has been around since the beginning of time. And it's going to be here until the end of time. That question is not going away. It's central to our core. It's central to our identity. How we answer that question, how we answer that question is in most ways determined by our identity. And our identity can be discovered and developed By asking three specific questions. Number one, how does God see me? How does God see me? Number two, how do I see myself? And number three, how do others see me? In our new series titled Identify, which we're starting today, we're going to be taking a look at each of these questions to see how they affect and impact Our identity. Now next week, we're going to be looking at how do we see ourselves and why that's so important in our identity. Then in week three, we're going to be kind of looking at reviewing how other people see us and perceive us and how that might be contributing to this identity crisis. But today, today we're starting with the most important factor when it comes to our identity. And that's by answering the question, how does God see me? How does God see me? Why is that the most important factor? Why? First, because we actually get our intended identity from God himself. That's one. Also, because once we understand what our true identity is and actually how God sees us, then we're better able to navigate questions two and three. Right. Once we understand how God sees me, then we're able to better answer and have answers for how we see ourselves and how others see us. So we're starting with the most important because it drives everything else about our identity. Now listen, today I know I'm talking to a lot of people that maybe already believe in God. Maybe you already know who God is and you know about his son, but you know what? I'm also talking to people that may not be quite sure about God yet. Maybe you don't know God at all. Or maybe you're just not quite sure who he really is. So let me start with this statement. In order for us to see how our identity is shaped by God, we must first believe in him. Let me say that again. Before we can understand how God sees us, we need to believe in him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he, what, exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, earlier in the same chapter, faith is actually defined. And faith is defined as believing something that is true, even though you can't see it. Okay? That's the definition of faith that's in the Bible. Now, if you already believe in God, if you already believe in God, today I want to show you how your identity is so closely tied to the way that God sees you. And if you're not quite sure, I hope to convince you that by looking to a God who is real, even if you can't see him, is so much better in terms of finding your identity, than depending on yourself or others to find it. Come on. I hope to preach and I hope to convince today. Because as you're going to see in the weeks to come, the, how we view ourselves and how others view us can often be wrong and misguided. We're, we're going to explore that in the next two weeks. And you see, this is such a huge issue in our culture right now. Many people are looking to themselves and to others to find their identity. And the world is a mess because of it. It is a mess because of it. Because you see, here's the major problem when you're looking to yourself or others for your identity we're not always truthful and we're not always reliable. Got a little quiet. We're not truthful all the time, are we? Human beings aren't reliable. And if we're seeking to find our identity, either in your own beliefs or thoughts, or the thoughts and beliefs of someone else, it has a high probability of being either wrong or not sustainable. You see, my friends, God is always truthful. God is always truthful reliable. He is the best source to find out who you are and why you are here. He is the greatest source. So I want to show you some ways that God sees you, that can help you in me, in this world in which we live, understand who we really are. The first thing that God sees is God sees before. Before what? before you ever got here god saw you god saw and placed your identity in you before you were ever born this is what isaiah 130 excuse me psalm 139 says for you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb i praise you for i am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works my soul knows it My soul knows it very well, said David. My frame was not hidden from you, which I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Wow. In the book of Genesis, we also read that we were made in God's image, his identity. So you see, before you and I ever got here, God put his identity in you and on you. And it's his identity, hear me, it's his identity that gives us our identity. That's the first truth we have to just wrap our minds and our hearts around. Yes, we are his creation. But when we accept his son, Jesus, John chapter 1 verses 12 and 13 tells us that we then become his children. We move from just his creation to his actual children when we accept Jesus, when we accept what Jesus has done. You know, so excuse me, so many people are searching for identity today. They're searching for it. They're desperately hungry for who they are and why they are here. I believe one of the root reasons why they're having trouble finding it is just a failure to understand and accept that we have a father who has created us and planted not only his image and identity in us, but he has also planned out every day of your life. Can you... Wrap your, your mind around that for a minute. Imagine living your life with an understanding through that lens. You as a child of God, deeply loved by a father who planned for you. You were no accident. By a father who planned every day of your life before you ever got here. Imagine living your life through that lens. That's the identity God's already placed in you. All you have to do is grab onto it. Because you see, when we believe that, when we live that out, then we can live with hope and confidence in every day that God gives us. When we understand he already planned our days and he's with us in every one. Come on. Here's something else that God sees when he sees you. God sees you as a son and not a slave. Hear me when I say the word son, biblically, that means men and women, sons and daughters. Okay? So just because you hear son, no, that's all of us. So we say in Texas, that's all y'all, right? This is what it says in Galatians 4, 6 and 7. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Abba means daddy. It's a, it's a very familiar term. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. What do you think of when you hear the word heir? Think of some rich dude, just inherits his daddy's millions. Is that, that's what a lot of us think of when we hear the word heir, right? We kind of have this picture in our mind. Oh, yeah, it's cool. That guy's getting all the, all the millions. You see, because very few people on this earth actually ever inherit something truly large or what we would say is significant. So we kind of have some trouble sometimes grasping this concept of what is it? What's an inheritance? What's it mean to be an heir? Well, when it comes to God, we have a lot to inherit. And guess what? It's better than money. It's way better than money because you see at some point, my friends, the money and the things are all going to be gone. You know that, right? I mean, you know no one's getting out of here taking the Winnebago with you. I mean, that that, that ain't happening. You know, all the cars, all the furniture, all the TV, whatever. Ain't none of us taking none of that with us. But here's what we do get to inherit from God. We get to inherit his love, his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy. And greatest of all, we get to inherit the opportunity for eternal life with him. Yes, that is worth clapping for. But here's the deal, my friends. Only the son and daughter get the inheritance, not the slave. See, many of us are living like slaves, like we're tied to the chains of this world. We're living out of that. No. God, before you ever got here, predestined you to be a son and a daughter of God, of him. Okay? You see, the son knows his place. The daughter knows their place. And position in the family. And see, living from the place of a son is all about position. It's all about position. When you know your position, when you know your place in God's family, you don't need a pronoun. I, I'm, I, I say that in, in the most loving way. When you know your place, when you know your position in God's house, when you know your inheritance you don't need to be identified as a pronoun because you're identified as a son and a daughter. Come on. on. Can you see how this lack of understanding is playing out in our world right now? Can you see it? We have so many people believing the lie that they have to fight for something and that somehow they think they're entitled to something. They think it's their right to want what they want. It's their perspective that they demand to be heard. When you have your identity as a son, as a daughter, you know, and trust that your father already owns everything and that he's going to freely give it to you. You don't have, you don't have to fight for it. You don't have to do that. You don't have to demand it. You know, Jesus showed us what living like a son really looks like. Because you see, Jesus was actually entitled already to everything that the father had, right? He, he already had, it. he was, if you want to talk about entitlement, he actually was entitled to it all because he was a son. And yet what happened when Jesus came, he didn't live as a son so much as he lived as his favorite term, son of man. Jesus came to show us what it looks like to live as a son. By laying down his own life, not out of obligation, but out of love. See, Jesus showed us what it looks like to live. He knew who he was. He knew why he was here. And he lived out of that knowledge as a son, as a son. When we see ourselves as sons and daughters of God, that's how we'll live. We'll live out of love and not obligation. When, when you get that in your spirit, when you get that in your soul, when you get that identity in you as a son, you have it all. God wants to give it to you. You're going to live differently. Let me show you one last way that God sees you and I. God sees you as holy and blameless. He sees you as holy and blameless. This is what Ephesians 1 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. And then verse 7, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of what? His grace. Wow. You see, Axel, you can come. Not only did God place his identity on us in the womb before we ever got here, but you see, he had a plan for us to be holy and blameless before him. And his plan was this, to send his holy, blameless, and perfect son so that we could be redeemed by his blood. That's the plan of God. That's the plan of God for your life before you ever got here. And part of the identity crisis, though, that we're in, comes from this, what I would just call an achievement mentality. You see, we place so much of our identity, if we're not careful, in accomplishments. But you see, God sees what has already been done, not what you have to do. See, that's the way God sees you. God sees what's already been done by his son. Once you accept his son, that's how he sees you. And you, he's not looking for you to do things. In fact, the only thing you actually have to do is live in what's already been done by Jesus. That's all you have to do, is just live in that knowledge and that reality. He saw this on you before you ever got here, and he still sees it on you right now. That's the way God looks at you. Once you accept his son, he sees you as holy, he sees you as blameless. Not only does he see you that way, but his word that we read says he actually chose that identity for you. He chose it for you. He's already given it to you. Let me tell you something else that's going on in our society right now. It's called the blame game. It's called the blame game. Everybody wants to blame somebody else or something else for all of their problems. Am I talking to somebody? Somebody give me an amen on that. I was kind of quiet, but that's, that's going on in our society right now. Everybody wants to blame each other for all the problems and issues that we have. Imagine, just imagine with me, if we stopped blaming each other for everything and rested in our identity as being blameless before God. Can you imagine what would happen in this world if that's the way we looked at things? If we understood that that's how God sees us, that we lived in a blameless place because of what Jesus has already done. What a world, what a world, what a change in our world. You see, when you accept Christ, God already sees you as set apart and holy. God already sees you as completely blameless. Now, I've heard it said this way when the day of judgment comes, and that day will come, it's not here yet. We're not in the day of judgment, but there's going to be a day when we stand before God. And part of the Bible says that everything that we've done in our life is going to be reviewed. And if we were just to stop there, we'd be in trouble. I mean, just being honest, we'd we'd be in trouble because we've sinned. We're not perfect. But then at that very moment, Jesus steps in and says, I took care of that and that and that and that. And now God doesn't see all these other things. All he sees is his son standing in front of us. I I want you to get that vision in your heart. In your mind, God sees you as Holy, which just means Set apart, that's what the word means And blameless, which just Means your sins have been forgiven Would your life Be different if you lived from that identity? Wow Don't fall Into the blame game You know, I see this too often, even with Christians. We're sitting here pointing fingers and, okay, well, that's all good and fine, but that's not how Jesus said. Jesus said to overcome evil with what? With good. That's what Jesus said. You overcome evil, not by just complaining about it, by, you know, no. You overcome evil with good. That's what the word says. My friends, let's use how God sees us as the actual building blocks for our identity. How God sees you, that's the building blocks for your identity. Realize that before you were ever born, God saw and formed you in his image and placed his identity in you and on you. Rest in the knowledge that God sees you as a son, as a daughter, and not as a slave. You have a place in his house. Yes, you have a place. You're a son. You're a daughter. You have a place in his house. And everything that he has, he wants to give you. Do you realize that? You are heir to everything that God has. And what he has is a lot. What he has is a lot. It's more, another scripture says, it's more than you can hope or imagine. That's what God has for you. More than you can even think about. That's what you're heir to. And remember that God sees you not as sinful and unworthy, but instead instead he sees you holy and blameless. When God sees you, he sees his son. He sees his son. That is your real identity. My friends, let us learn to live from how God sees us and then let us take that truth to the world. Let us be compassionate but not compromising. Let me say that again. Let us be compassionate. There's people that do not truly know who God is and they're making decisions from that place. Let's have compassion on them but let's never compromise as Pastor Karen talked last week about. Let's never compromise what God's called us to do and who he's called us to be and who he says we are. Don't ever compromise that because we can't win the world for Christ by compromising. It doesn't work. It didn't work back then and it's not going to work now. The way we overcome is by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, what God's done in our life. That's how we win the war. That's how we win the war. And let's not bring condemnation on those that don't yet believe these things. Those whose identity may not yet be in Christ, but instead let's show them what living from this truth that we've learned today looks like. You know, as Pastor Karen reminded us last week, people usually want to see a sermon before they hear a sermon. Let your life look like this that will do more to convince other people and to bring them to Christ than every Facebook rant you could ever engage in. I'm just telling you right now, we have Christians I believe are approaching this in sometimes the wrong way because you see what we, our job is to show them that Jesus is a better way. Yes, to expose the lies that they're they're in. We absolutely need to do that, but we can do that with love. We don't have to do that with shouting. We don't have to do that with screaming. Evil is overcome by good. Let's show the world what it looks like to live the way God sees us. The identity that we have from a God who sees us and loves us is more powerful than, and more life impacting than anything that the world has to offer. That's the message of the gospel. It's a better message. It's a better solution. Jesus is a better answer than looking for your identity in yourself or in somebody else. Let us, my friends, identify from that place. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Would you bow your heads and just pray with me now? Father, we come before you now so thankful, so thankful, God, for what you see in us and the identity that you have placed on us. God, we thank you for the inheritance that you so freely give. And Father, thank you for sending your son so that we can be seen as holy and blameless before you. God, let our identity be so rooted and planted in you and God in you alone you are the creator and yes we are your creations but God we thank you that we also have the chance to be called your children your sons your daughters and God that's the greatest identity that we could ever hope to have we love you Father and we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ